Hey everybody, welcome to the Jeff Reinbold Show, brought to you by 888 Sport, the official gambling partner of both the NFL and NFL Ireland, right, Michael? And yes, sir. And yes, in sir. the UK, you can also get 888 Sport. And uh, we are here to talk about week two in the National Football League, and we got some juicy topics. So we better get right to it because I know you've been lining up. You've been lining up for a shot at Bill Belichick. Before we get going, let, let's talk a little bit more about what was the week. Cowboys, outstanding. That's a good football team. That is a good, good football team. Dolphins, good football team. Fixed them, or at least looked like they fixed what was ailing them on defense. I knew Vic Fangio was going to get that straightened out. I think that's a very good football team. San Francisco, good football team. Rams, better than we thought. Lions, not as good as we thought. I think there's a lot to chew up today. Mom, there's so much to chew up. And just uh, obviously a big shout out to you. We, I think it's the third, third. Like we're we're using Streamyard a bit, and we're using different servers. So I appreciate you, Jeff. I know it's uh, it's good fun on the old technology, man, isn't it? It's 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 always, well, it's always good here's fun. the deal. I'm in the middle of game week, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get ready for a game, and I, we take a little break to do this, and all of a sudden we're, you know, it's it's uh, it's a midstream adjust as we call it. But hey, I know we did. I know. We did. Well. Jeff, the people in the UK, Ireland, and beyond that listen to this appreciate you for what you're doing. I, 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 I can't speak for you, but I know you're very, very busy. Um, the just to start off with, for people listening on the podcast, happy Tuesday. Jeff is in Manchester on December the second on Band in Band on the Wall. Google Band on the Wall, Jeff Reinbold for tickets. Uh, Jeff is also in Ireland in January, and then Jeff will be coming to Scotland in November, November the twenty fifth. We shouldn't be saying this stuff, but it's happening. It's going to be announced hey, we are, soon. We are, we're going to, what are we conquering? Four countries in this tour we're going to have this, this off season. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We are, we are, it's a mass invasion. We are invading everywhere. We're just going to talk ball across, across, you know, the English Isles, I guess the British Isles or whatever you want to call it. I know I get myself in trouble on that all the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> everybody's taking it way serious. But anyway. Scotland, the Republic, we are coming and we are going to have a lot of fun and we're going to talk a lot of football and we're going to take the show on the road. So everybody's going to get a chance to be a part of this. And uh, now the question is, Michael, are we going to go live or are we going to take it? Because so it's, it's, it's definitely going to be taped, but there's, at the minute, just in terms of budget, it's only going to be Dublin is taped because it's before the Super Bowl. It, it would be hard to tip Manchester because there's NFL football the next day. And the same with Glasgow, but certainly we'll, we'll try and do some sort of stuff. And um, it will be cheap enough to get into Scotland. It might beat us, for example. It just depends on the day. However, um, I guess for me, I'll shout out very quickly before we get on with the show here. Pro Football Ireland, people that are listening to this in Ireland, we're going to have a birthday party in November with a special guest that Jeff might know. Jeff will not be there. One, Imagine you rocked up. One years old. One years old. Just an infant, just a little, little tyke, but still powerful because I see the numbers and people are listening to the show. People are listening to what you guys are putting out on Pro Football Island. Now, people I, are loving your stuff. Like I you, congrat, I Jeff Rainbow stuff's popping, popping, popping. Congratulations. Poppin'. You were ranked above some pretty heavyweight, pretty big heavyweights. Like <laughs> Pat McAfee. Shout out to him. Let's, let's, 
like I, I appreciate your kind words. Let's let's roll for people on the podcast and, and talk about the week that was. I guess, Jeff, we're, we're putting this out on Tuesday morning, but for people watching this live, we've got Monday Night Football coming up, and obviously by now we, we, we get the results. Do, do, do you want to make us look like very smart people and guess straight up? we got the Saints against the Panthers and the, the Steelers against the Browns. I'm going to say that the Saints win, and I'm going to say that Kenny effing Pickett, as Mike Tomlin once called him, gets it done against the Cleveland Browns. I probably shouldn't be talking like that anymore. However, I think he gets it done. What do you think if you give me a double dip right now? I, if you ask me right now, I'd say take the Saints, and I'd also say take the Steelers. I just cannot believe that the Steelers will, will be as bad as they were two weeks in a row. I, and they, frankly, they were not good against the 49ers. Now, again, 49ers pretty good football team, but – but don't sleep on those Browns either. I think that's going to be a great game. That's going to be a really close one. I would expect New Orleans will beat Carolina by 5 to 10, somewhere in that range. But I think that could be a field goal game between the Steelers and the Browns. I love my coffee. Life at the minute is beautiful. I love it. Monday Night Football, baby. Looking forward to Thursday Night Football as well for people on Tuesday morning. Big thanks to everyone listening to the podcast. Jeff, let's just roll into it. On a scale of 1 to infinity, how bad is Justin Fields and the, and the Bears offense look at the minute? Let's just get this out in the open. Well, Mike, I think here, here's the thing with the Bears that's so frustrating is that, you know, the, the expectation obviously was high because they had talked about how Fields was going to make that big step and they'd gone out and they worked so hard in the offseason to put weapons around him and to build, a, build an offensive line that was going to be able to protect him. And here's the, here's the tale of the tape after two weeks. They've had 36 first downs in two games, 36. Uh, they're 9 of 26 on third down conversions, and that is abysmally low. You want to be above 50%, they're 9 of 26. Uh, they've rushed for 189 yards, and, and not at a you know 4.2. You can live with 4.2 per rush, but, again, when you look at the throwing game, 427 yards, Three interceptions, two touchdowns. Uh, they've given up, and again, this is the really scary one to me, is they've given up 10 sacks in two weeks. Now, they played the Packers, right? And then they played the Bucs. And both those both those teams have good you know, good defenses, and, and they're, they're good football teams. But just the way they're giving the sacks up, they're getting overrun. And you see, you know, the, the lack of – talent, frankly, in the offensive line and the lack of experience in that offensive line. They're minus four in turnover ratio, Michael, and that is a huge one. When you talk to a coach, right, you, and you talk to somebody that really knows football, one of the first things they ask about your football team is what's your turnover ratio? Well, they're, they're minus four after two games, and that's, that's just not going to get it. You know, you've given up 65 points in two football games, and you scored 37. All those things are negative. Those are those are warning signs. Here's the other thing that you see when you watch them play. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to the heart of the matter with Chase Claypool. All right. So now, according to Jay Glazer, they've come out and they've challenged the kid that he's either got to play better or, you know, they said they may demote him or move on from it. You know, my question is, what are you waiting for? Because the guy played absolutely. He was an embarrassment against the Packers like he didn't even want to be there I think there might be something I would have a concern if I watch that player play and I watch that that kid come out of Notre Dame and then his first year with the Steelers it's not the same kid he doesn't look the same he looks he looks skinny 
Uh, he looks drawn. I don't see any joy in playing. And you, you, you remember how he kind of like caught the league by storm as a rookie and, you know, like Mapletron was his nickname because he's from Canada. You know, they used them. They called him Mapletron. Um, and, you know, he had a joy about him as he played the game. I'm concerned for him because I see no excitement about how he plays, about being out there. He just almost like comical in the way he would block or tried to block against the, against the Packers. And we've all seen, I'm sure we've all seen the, the film or seen the, the YouTube videos of it. It's embarrassing. And, you know, frankly, the, the Bears fans deserve better than that. And I think Ryan Poles has got to be concerned. And, and I think the whole organization, if I was sitting in, you know, the, in the offices, in the Bears offices, you know, ownership office or higher than, than general manager, I'd say we got a real serious problem on our football team because there's just no, there's no aggressiveness. There's no toughness. There's none of the things that you have come over the years to, you know, know what, that's what Chicago bear football was great defense, physicality, right? And there's none of it right now. And it's not even as if this is the first time we're having this conversation. It's not even as if this is the first, like it's been all the three years. This has been going on for far too long. They bring in Justin Fields. They have an opportunity this year in the draft to maybe take somebody if they wanted to. They stick with Justin. The mindset, the the analysis in Chicago is very much like this is Fields' year. He's going to have a breakout year. The Bears are going to make a real push for the NFC North. And you watch them, Jeff, go up against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team yesterday. Sands, Tom Brady, still getting the job done. I say I was buzzing for Shaq Barrett yesterday when he had that play. I know he uh, devoted it to think it was his daughter that passed away tragically a few months ago. Wouldn't sleep in the Bucs. I mean, like... Were you impressed with Baker through the first two weeks? Man, he's putting up he's putting up MVP numbers at the minute through two weeks. Uh, (laughs) There, boy. I I tell you what, though, uh, Baker is. We're seeing the good Baker right now, right? He's taking care of the football. He's he's always had the ability to make plays. He's he's that guy. Um, Now, he's got a really pretty nice supporting cast around him, and you know. He's got a receiver who's pretty daggone good. And in his contract year, and the Bucks didn't sign him in the offseason. So if you look at the numbers he's hanging early in this year, he knows he's headed for free agency and a big payday. Um, however, the thing with the Bucks to me right now is, you know, show me the long haul, right? And I want to see you develop a running game, get a get a running game going, and then you know their defense is gonna be all their defense is going to be fine. I think they, I, I think, you know, they've got a chance, but I don't want to come out and say, well, you know, break up the bucks because they're just too good. Nobody can compete with them. I think they're going to be in the thick of it in that, you know, weak division, but I think they're going to be in the thick of it in a, in a weak division. We have an absolute heap of comments for people watching us live. We will do that in the second segment of this podcast. So get your comments and get your questions and anything that's football related and safe for audio we will get in. Shout out to my light above me that's giving me very poor lighting here, but we'll work that out next week, Jeff. Uh, I feel like, and, and I, we haven't texted about this, but I, I want to add this in. If you don't mind, Jeff, this topic. Um, Zach Wilson, our great friend of the podcast, not at all, but I love the guy. Shannon Sharp said today on First Take 
that Zach Wilson couldn't play dead in a horror movie. And <laughs> you've got uh, Robert Sala basically saying that uh, he's improved uh, just in the pocket and he's showing more confidence. I understand, Jeff, that he won't face a better pass rush this season in the Dallas Cowboys. Feel free to talk about them. But it just feels to me like a real missed opportunity. Go and get someone. Try and get into the playoffs and well, go past that. Well, you know, it's what everybody says, go and get somebody, but it's not that easy. I mean, you, there's all there. First of all, there has to be somebody available. And who do you, who do you, you know, they did their due diligence on about seven veteran guys and didn't like any of them worth bringing them in. And, you know, then you're going to bring them in and with no training camp, no time, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's not it. You know, that it, we're not trading football cards, you know, we're not playing Madden. It doesn't work that way. I mean, this is a game that takes time, especially offensively. It takes time to get timing and, and chemistry with, you know, the players you play with and all of that stuff. So the thing that's concerning to me about the Jets, when I watched the Jets the other night is Hall, Brees Hall, your running back, who I think is really an outstanding player and was mm. on his way to a rookie of the year nomination until he got hurt last year, came back, looked really good on a few carries in the first game, busted one the first, first ball he touched. He had four touches in the game. I mean, four touches in the game. See I his have, tweet? Pardon me? Yeah, I did see, see his tweet. tweet. Uh, but like that's like it saw us Gardner last week, Brees Hall this week. Who's next week? Well, I think there's some I think there's some issues there that that they're going to have to come to terms with. You know, there was also it was common knowledge that Aaron Rodgers was not a fan of the pass protection that they were using on the two plays that he was in. The first one when he got sacked and the second one got chased out of the pocket where they're trying to cut guys. And, you know, he wanted them to stay up and and uh, excuse me. And so that if he couldn't go to his first read, he could get to a second read. When you cut guys and they get up off the ground, they're right in front of the quarterback. And that's why their quarterback got hurt. So you think about the offensive coaching right now in, in the Jets. And this is what I want to call into question. You got a protection issue. You got a veteran quarterback who's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he knows how to, you know, he knows protection. This is not a rookie. And he says, I don't like it. And you persist with it and get him hurt. Right. Then you got a, a running back, a talent like Hall, and you give him four touches the second game. Right. So there's got to be a shared, you know, there's got to be a shared responsibility and, and, you know, in that offensive room because that's not good enough, you know, and that's not, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better until they come up with a system where number one, Wilson doesn't have to, you know, stand in there and win in a dro- as a drop back quarterback because he's not he's not there yet. I don't agree with the the you know that's a soundbite quote by Shannon Sharp, but I, you know the kid's struggling. He struggled. He threw one good ball in that game, I thought, and so you got to find a way to take the load off of it. And you know, again, that offensive line, Dallas. Now Dallas is good, but they you know. Are they that good that, you know, you, you looked as bad as the Jets looked? I thought they were, I thought they were porous. And, you know, again, that's, I'm, I hate, I hate it for Jets fans because they deserve better too. And, you know, the, the anticipation that all the talk about going to the Super Bowl and that you know, everybody was, 
jumping on the jet bandwagon. Well, you know, the wheels are starting to come off the jet bandwagon right now. They need a win and need it desperately. I feel, I feel like I need to ask you this, but tell me to, you know, jump off the high horse if you're not going to answer this. You work in football, right? You know, you've been around the league or around football for a long time in a good way. What do you think when you see people like see players on social media now? Like, do you look at like, do you think they should just take their phone and throw it off? But you're very active in social media, you know. I think I think you got to realize that this part of today, right? The same, the same 1968, the same 1978, the same 1988. These these guys are are savvy. They understand technology. They grow up with it. You know, Michael. It's interesting. We have very little printed material anymore that we give to players because they just don't read. They they unless it's on a it's unless it's on a video screen. So each each evening I upload the next day's meeting to the players so that they can preview the meeting on their home computers. I mean that's just the age we live in. So Instagram, TikTok, you know, Twitter, those are all realities and the players are savvier now than they've ever been before. And they recognize that they're trying to push their brand all the time. So, you know, the days of, a, you know, where, I mean, even, even now, I mean, it's almost like having to pry it out of their hands when they come into a meeting, we tell them no phones in the meeting, right? Well, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of coaches who recognize that, you know, it's it's almost like they're on, they're, they they need an umbilical cord to the phone. It's 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 incredible, but that's the life. That's the the age we live in. The thing is, it's it's just like you see what happens with New York last night, and it's it's maybe I'm getting old. I just think it's childish. You know, you work so hard in the off season for so many months, and the first thing you do when you get on a plane is type four football emojis because you had four touches, like just. Get on. You know, I don't. You know, Mike. It's interesting. You know, we, we have these the social media awareness classes for players, and you know, it's all part of the rookie symposium and all of it. And they always say, you know, take a breath before you ever send anything, and understand what you send. You can't take. You know, you can't erase it from the internet and all of that. But again, the days it's 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 the days of player empowerment. The players are stronger. They're more powerful than they've ever been before, and again, you have two choices. You can, you can either adapt and, you know, recognize that that's what life is today in coaching and, and, you know, in fan fandom and, you know, everywhere, or you can go, you know, fight it and resist it. And you know what? I'm sure the dinosaurs resisted the ice age too, but you know, now they're, you know, now they're, we're putting them in our cars. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you know, it's just—I have to say—in four years, that might be the best thing you've ever said. Genuinely, what on earth? It's—it's the truth. It's the truth, right? I mean, you don't adapt, you die. You don't adapt, you don't get better. You don't—I mean, it's just the way it is. So, this is one of the things. This is a great, great topic, because this is one of the things that Deion Sanders at Colorado. If you're a college football fan, he is. Any sunglasses, Jeff? He has infuriated everybody, not everybody, but a vast majority of the traditionalists in college football. But you know what? His players love him. You know, they're they're winning. They're having fun. They're going to class. 
you know, they're doing the right things. So, you know, why, why does everybody get all excited? Because he uses social media as a, as a recruiting tool. He uses social media as a marketing tool. Deion Sanders is so smart and anybody that thinks he isn't needs to rethink themselves. And I'm going to tell you something from the day he came into the national football league. And I know this for a fact because Jerry Glanville, my friend drafted him in in Atlanta from the day he came into the national football league, he has understood that number one, he's extremely talented. He's different. Right. And that he can infuriate and manipulate social media. Even back when there was no social media, it was, Dion with his big chains on and Dion with this, you know, high stepping into the end zone and Dion with, you know, flying from a, from a Falcons game, getting in a, getting in a helicopter and flying and being in the, you know, being in the MLB playoffs. I mean, he did things that were so far ahead of everybody else and he's doing it again. That's just who Dion is. It feels like such a conversation for our college podcast, which is out on Thursday morning. But just as actually on that Michigan State has announced it is beginning the process as we record to fire Mel Tucker for cause. We're not going to talk about that, just in case people are wondering. You can Google what's going on there. I'm not going to mention it. Um, Jeff, just on Dion, like I, I, I love it. And I think it's really interesting as NFL fans, people watching this, to see the impact of social media you can have. ESPN, Fox, we're all in Fossil Field on Saturday. It was just crazy. It almost brings like an extra edge for people trying to get into college football. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like in this segment, let's talk about one more thing before we cut this right. segment out in the podcast. We've got a lot of people commenting. Appreciate it, folks. Fire them in. Twitter, X. If you put it on YouTube, search Jeff Reinbold Show. Jeff will uh, see it on your screen. Let us know where you're coming in from as well. And Jeff, let's, let's talk about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. When I was five years old, my man, the week before I was five years old, the Dallas Cowboys last won the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of things have changed in that time. I have a little less hair. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. I've got a beard now. However, I can't help but watch them the first two weeks of the season and think, what a difference. What a difference from that game in San Francisco. That immortal play now where you've seen Ezekiel Elliott lineup was he the quarterback on that last play or something? It was absolutely ridiculous. Mike McCarthy takes the reins in the offense, and you think, Jeff, what is going to happen in this season? They're either going to, we're either going to be sitting in Vegas talking about these lads, or it's going to be like that Formula One car, the meme where all the tires come off at the one time at the exact same moment. They all like, Phew. I don't know. But it's so intriguing. It's fun to watch, and I think any neutral enjoys the hype. I feel like we deserve a Cowboys run. I'm not saying a championship, but I feel like the NFL deserves a run where you've got the Eagles in the NFC East. You've got Dak Prescott pushing them every week. I think it's going to be a hell of a season. I'm really excited for it, and I'm really impressed with that defense. Mika Parsons could be the MVP. Like, genuinely could be the MVP of the league. I don't don't think there's any question about that. I think he's one of the most outstanding players. You know, just talk about defensive player. He's so disruptive. He can do so many things. I'm actually going to uh, do a tape for you, Mike, where I'll take some plays and break down how Dan Quinn, who I think is doing a phenomenal job as defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, and Aiden Durda, his young uh, English friend, defensive line coach. Aiden was in our national player program. 
and then went on and played in the NFL for a couple of teams and, and then went back and started a coaching career in amateur football in the UK. And now is the defensive line coach of the Cowboys. And uh, Dan Quinn has taken him with him everywhere he's gone. And I would fully expect that Aiden will be a defensive coordinator one day soon. And Dan Quinn will be a head coach in the National Football League real soon because you know, here's a guy that took a team to the Super Bowl and granted they folded in like a, you know, like a tent in the second half of the game against the Patriots, but he had them to, he had a team Atlanta in the Super Bowl and that had only happened one other time. And now he's got this Dallas Cowboy defense and they, I'm telling you, they are nasty. Um, they are nasty good. And they get up the field on, on uh, the defensive line. They're big, they're physical, they're fast. They can run at linebacker. You've got you know, guys at, at every level of the defense. Leighton Vander Esch is playing extremely well at middle linebacker. We, you know, we talked about, we, you know, we talked about uh, Parsons, but then you look at that back end, right? And you got Diggs, and you know, you've got good players everywhere on that on that structure in that structure. So they they've been really good. They, you know, they're they've scored on special teams. And I was worried. The thing I thought coming out of the first game, the giant game, was that I thought that Dak was kind of pedestrian in, in that first game. But you saw last night or Sunday, you saw what he can do. And C.D. Lamb is the real deal. I mean, he's doing he's doing it right now as the number one. He doesn't have his number two with him, but he is the he's a legitimate dude. And, you know. I think that when you when the Cowboys get it all together, because they're not exactly healthy right now either. They got some; they're nicked up on the offensive line. Shoot, they're starting a they're starting a free agent in the game, and still they're two and zero. Oh, and that's what good teams do. You know, they can play through injuries. They win games a lot of different ways, and I think that's what the Cowboys are going to be as long as they can stay healthy. You know, Mike, this this game that we love so much and has given us so many so many wonderful things in our life it's a you know it's a it's a fickle date right it's a fickle lover because it it can take away from you real fast too all you Mm -hmm. need to do is we saw this with the jets all you need to do is lose one key player at that quarterback for example and everything changes but right now if you're if you're a cowboys fan and i know our i know our man fred plunk's out there just loving this right now if you're a cowboy fan enjoy it enjoy the fact that you guys are able to puff your chest out and you know be proud again because that's that football team's a team to be proud of if i'm sitting with you in radio row please god in february and we're talking about the dallas cowboys i'd be a happy enough man like i feel like it needs to happen in my in my lifetime very soon that we see america's team get to the super bowl because i'd love to see it just for this year can you imagine the rush for tickets in Vegas at that? Oh. People aren't really aware of it. Like, maybe I'm just sad because I look at this lot like I've, like, we've already got Vegas sorted. Fine. Like, very, very fortunate to say that. Like, everything booked. But, Jeff, just like what they've planned in Vegas, I feel like we shouldn't tell people because, like, it's going to be so interesting. Like, opening night's going to be in the stadium. Radio Row is going to be opposite Allegiant Stadium. There's going to be, you're talking about Dion a minute ago. I was sitting drinking the coffee in Phoenix. Were you there that morning whenever Dion was walking past, just chilling out? He's thinking he had the whole entourage around him. He had like the limp in the in, in the foot. Oh man, I was like, 
what am I doing here? <laughs> Deion Sanders just walked past. And I'm like, what's job. going on? Doing your job, Michael. Those guys are and, those guys are living, breathing human beings, just like you. They just run a little faster and jump a little higher, and you know, are a little more athletic. But you know, it's that's <laughs> that's the thing that I love about that whole circus is, particularly Radio Row, when they let the fans in and the fans just kind of walk around the perimeter and you know they they holler to all their, you know the guys that are getting interviewed and you know that every major news outlets represented every major talk show every major television show uh you know it just it's it is a complete circus it is the the greatest show on earth comes to town and it's all football all week all the time excited for the jeff rainbow show from las vegas Please, Jesus, in February. TBC, it'll happen. You're wearing, I, I understand you're wearing a Vegas, you're wearing a, a Elvis outfit on the show first time. I tell you what, if we have a table and we've got microphones and a camera, I'll wear whatever you want. I'll be a happy man that way. I'll just say that way. Uh, we'll see. Uh, look, we're, we're half an hour in. We're going to end this podcast segment. We will say it out openly. That's going to be a huge week. So. All these comments, we, we massively appreciate it. I know, Jeff, you massively appreciate it. We're just going to build and build and build. And I know, Jeff, we're excited to help promote your stuff as well that week and just, just take it to the next level, regardless what goes on with TV and different things. So certainly excited for it. We're going to end the current podcast segment here. Coming up, I'm going to ask Jeff if Bill Belichick is done in New England. Coming up on...